You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's get you ready for Minnesota on the road at Green Bay. Coming up on Saturday with a good friend of the program, Mike Wabshaw, Vikings Entertainment Network and the Vikings team channel here on TuneIn. Mike, thanks for taking the time. Pro Bowl roster is probably going to evolve because of injuries, but do you think Case Keenum deserved to be named to the initial NFC roster announced on Tuesday night? We went through the numbers, and his numbers in some areas were better than Drew Brees, and he did it in fewer games. Yeah, well, good to be with you guys. Um, you know, the one thing about the Pro Bowl snub topic, you know, that I always try to be mindful of is if you're going to, proclaim someone a snub, you got to identify who should be out uh, in place of your guy. You know, you mentioned Drew Brees, and, uh, you know, I mean, Drew Drew had a great season. He's having a great season. So, you know, I think Case is deserving of being recognized as an all-star or a pro bowler, but, you know, there's only so many spots, and, and I know, as you guys have probably heard from other guests, you know, these guys got got bigger, more team-oriented goals in mind than pro bowls, but it, it does make for interesting discussion for sure. I think if you look at Harrison Smith, it's sort of um, it's sort of that to me is the biggest puzzler. I mean, he's probably the best safety in the NFL, and he's not in the Pro Bowl. Um, but you know that that's the way the votes came out, I guess. Yeah, Harrison Smith is the one on the back end of that defense that keeps them afloat, I think, when it comes down to being in the right place at the right time to create turnovers or some big hits. Uh, but but does it does it occur to you at any moment in this, Mike, that Sometimes that the players who belong in tend have a tendency to not get in at the time in which they should, but then they end up getting in yeah. next next season when they shouldn't get in. Like for Case Keenum, say he stays, he gets a new deal. Say a Harrison Smith, he keeps playing the way he's playing. Next year, all of a sudden, he gets in. Isn't it kind of crazy that they don't just put the guys in that deserve to get in now because they're playing good football now? Totally agree with that, Cordell. I totally agree with that. I think that happens in the NFL Network's top 100 players. I think that happens in the Pro Bowl. I think we saw that with Xavier Rhodes. You know, Xavier, this is his second Pro Bowl, but you go back and look at his season three years ago, he was probably a Pro Bowler that season as well. So maybe it's some sort of time warp where it takes everyone a year to catch up to reality. I don't know. You know, it's got a, it's got a bit of high school popularity contest to it, I think. Um, you know, and then I also wonder, and I say this with, with all due respect to Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, when Anthony Barr is the guy who who has the hit on Aaron Rodgers, like that sends waves throughout the league. And so you kind of wonder if that somehow might propel Anthony Barr's candidacy above another player. And I'm not saying Anthony should be there. He's having his best season as a pro. But, you know, it's just, it's just interesting to wonder what factors into the people who vote, what factors into their mind. Well, the Vikings hope their players won't be available for the Pro Bowl because they're getting ready for the Super Bowl. And we know any time a team is winning, coordinators get more national attention. Offense coordinator Pat Shermer has previous head coaching experience at Cleveland. Obviously, it didn't go well because we're talking about the Browns. But do you think Pat's name is going to come up for head coaching jobs based on how well the offense has been playing? Yeah, I do. I think he'll be a name that is bandied about um, for for vacancies. You know, and we, of course, don't know most of the vacancies yet, but I think no, no matter what it is, you know, Pat, Pat would be a good candidate. It'll be his second time around. I'm sure there are some studies to be done about coaches, success rates, 
on the second head coaching job, um, you know, and how much they learned from their first experience and what they picked up once they went back to being a coordinator that then they will bring with them to their, to their second head coaching job. I think Pat Shermer would be a good head coach. Selfishly, I hope we don't lose him because I really like what he's got going on uh, with our team right now. But, um, you know, he's, um, he, he's a good, sharp offensive mind. And um, he's not afraid to change his stripes if the situation calls for it. So I like that flexibility about him. I think he's a guy who will fit his scheme to his players rather than trying to force his players into a scheme. Mike, have you heard any conversation uh, about maybe um, contract talk about Case Keenum? Um, Because we've had the opportunity to see Teddy Bridgewater, unfortunately, come in and some mop-up work. And, you know, it's not enough to really – dock him or condemn him because he's been out for some time. So not in a competitive mode to say the least to, to go out and play on the high level. But when you see Case Keenum and what he's done so far, they won the division. They're trying to fight to get home field advantage. He goes out, get a bye week, play their first game at home. If they hadn't got the, uh, the first the, the, the home field advantage. Um, do you see them if they get that win and get to an NFC championship game that they may visit the conversation about extending some time there for Case Keenum and being a quarterback for this football team? Yeah, I could see that happening. I mean, uh, maybe it's going on now. We don't know it. It's behind the scenes and everyone's keeping it quiet. But, you know, I I haven't, you know, that's not really been something that's been talked about outside of just, you know, fans maybe talking about it on social media or emailing me. But um, it's just not not a development we've really seen happen. It hasn't been in the headlines. It hasn't been – you know, an undertone of the season is just more of the, the storyline is more of, you know, Bridgewater, Bradford, Keenum, all free agents in the off season. What are the Vikings going to do? But, you know, the team is so focused and including Keenum is so focused on the task at hand that I just don't think that story has gained much traction, but I do think it'll be one of the five or six top storylines across the entire league once the Super Bowl is in the rearview mirror and we're, we're starting to look at the 2018. It'll be interesting to see what the Vikings do, and maybe the Vikings don't know what they're going to do. Maybe some of what they're going to end up doing is going to be based on how these la- this last month of the season goes. Talking Minnesota football, Mike Wabshaw, Vikings Entertainment Network, and the Vikings team channel here on TuneIn. Mike, if the current seedings hold, it could be the Vikings matching up with the Eagles in the NFC title game, and we don't know who's going to be the one seed yet. Do you see major parallels between these teams, both now guided by backup quarterbacks, both bolstered by very strong defenses? Yeah, I do, for sure. You know, I think I think another thing I like about both teams, too, is the home field advantages that they have. I mean, you know, you go to Lincoln Financial Field, that is a hard place to go and win, and I'd like to think people would say the same thing about U.S. Bank Stadium. So I think, I think that's a factor, too. Um, in in these games, I really like um, what the Eagles have on special teams. I think their kicker Jake Elliott is really good, and the Eagles were able to survive the loss of their left tackle. They have a strong offensive line with good depth, so I think um, you know I think they're for real, and I think they can keep going with Nick Foles. And I think you're absolutely right; there are parallels to be drawn. And it's interesting that these are the two teams that were so. Uh, connected last year when the Sam Bradford trade was made following the Teddy Bridgewater injury, you know, and now you got Nick Foles and Sam Bradford and um, Case Keenum. They're all, they all at one time were with the Rams. It's just kind of interesting the, the different parallels that are, that exist between these two teams. And it would be a pretty cool story to see the Eagles and Vikings in the NFC title game, given the trade that those two teams made uh, with Howie Roseman, the Eagles GM and Rick Spielman, the Vikings GM, 
crafting that trade for Sam Bradford right before the season last year. It would be an interesting storyline to have these two teams in the title game. I think what I saw last week against the Carolina Panthers, um, far as what I was asking for prior to that game, which was seeing this team come from behind uh, to play well, I thought that was the only thing that I hadn't seen from them yet uh, to, to say that this is really a complete football team. What do you see they need to improve on? Because you mentioned uh, the, the hits in the backfield when it comes to the running game. Uh, what do you see this team needing uh, to improve on in order to make a serious run to being the first team in NFL history to host a Super Bowl in their city? Yeah, I, I think to me the thing I find myself pounding the desk the most on game days about is our negative yardage runs. Um, we just, to me, we have just too many of those. And McKinnon and Murray, our two running backs, have been great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, um, you know, they're good out of the backfield catching. They they can protect. And, um, you know, our running game has been so much better than it was last year, guys. I can't even tell you how much better it's been. But we still have negative yardage runs on early downs. And that puts us behind the chains. And that, to me, if I really had to nitpick our team, that would be one thing I would really look at. If we could find a way to just get rid of some of those negative yardage runs, I think we'd be even more explosive on offense. And, you know, and we, we are able to overcome it at times because if, if you guys remember, the first play of the game last week against the Bengals was not a negative yardage run, but it was a negative play. It was a nine-yard sack of Case Keenum. So here we are on the second play of the game. It's second and 19. We called a, we dialed up a screen pass to Murray for 28 yards, and we dug ourselves out of that hole. But you can't count on you being able to dig yourself out of a hole like that every time. You've got to find ways to avoid being in second and long and third and long. And, and if we could get rid of negative yardage runs, I think that would go a long way for our offense. Mike, great information as always. Enjoy the matchup coming up on Saturday. Happy holidays, and we look forward to chatting with you again next week on the NFL on TuneIn. My pleasure, guys. Happy holidays to you, too, as well. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart, live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! The National Football League is on TuneIn.